Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Welcome into the Believe in Ohio State football podcast brought to you and presented by BetOnline.ag. Get on BetOnline, put your season future in on your college football picks through BetOnline.ag or even get in on where some of the NBA free agents and big-time superstars could move to. Uh, We have odds for Damian Lillard, next team to be traded, the New York Knicks at plus 150, second-best odds, Philadelphia 76ers at plus 225, Uh, maybe even a little something on the uh, Boston Celtics, my hometown team, at plus 900 if you're interested. Bet online, the best lines, the best odds you can get, and the easiest way to do it, log on to betonline.ag. On today's show, I... uh, Posed a few questions out to my Ohio State friends uh, group chat to talk a little bit about some situations that could very much change the Ohio State landscape with kind of a butterfly effect or sliding glass doors. Uh, And I wanted to talk about a few of them because I thought they came out to be pretty interesting. Um, And I'd love to hear your feedback online as well after um, on some of the different situations we could lay out. There's a handful, but I'm going to start with uh, the one that I found to be the most interesting Think about in 2018, after Georgia plays in that national championship, or even more so, Georgia doesn't have to start Jake Fromm that first year. Take out the opportunity for what happens last year for Ohio State. If you're thinking overall with quarterbacks or even before Dwayne Haskins decided to go to Maryland, right? You could think in all different terms in the quarterback sliding class door that has happened for Ohio State when you think about the last handful of starting quarterbacks from Braxton Miller all the way to Justin Fields. There hasn't been a drop-off, right? You've had top-level talent at every turn, but there were a couple opportunities, right, where it very well could not have been. And when you think about Justin Fields coming in, say he gets that starting job at Georgia, where does Ohio State go at quarterback? Do they bring in a unestablished transfer like Phil Jerkovich, who went went ahead to Boston College? I don't think so, right? And And you don't know... What would have happened with Tate Martell had he stayed at Ohio State all the way through? But considering the big quarterback commitments that Ohio State had led him astray to go to Miami, and now he's not even playing football anymore. You know, the sliding glass door moment of is Justin Fields starting instead of Jake Fromm that second year once he came in or once... Maybe he waited out another year. Fromm left after his junior year, and Fields gets two years at Georgia. What does that look differently for Ohio State? And I want to frame it in two different ways, right? We know it was a successful team. It wasn't a national championship, but Ohio State played in the playoff two years in a row, had a national championship appearance, and 
put up an okay fight offensively against Alabama. Uh, the defense didn't quite uh, have much of a chance to be to be fair to Alabama, uh, one of the best teams and one of the best offenses that college football has ever seen. If Ohio State goes into that game without Justin Fields, I think it's an entirely different situation. And you could even look at the long list of players they could have playing there, right? It could be could have been Tate Martell. Uh, it could have been a transfer, like somebody like Matt Corral, maybe from Ole Miss, that they would have been able to pull because they had two quarterbacks with John Reese Plumley down there. I think maybe you'll be able to get a, a bit of a, a higher touted player than that, but you get what I'm saying. You're going to be getting a, an experienced player, but you're not going to be getting a Mac Jones level talent or a Justin Fields level talent or even Trevor Lawrence or any of these other guys that were in the first round last year. Um, those players are hard to come by, and, and you can see that there's only three or four first-round quarterbacks in college football every year. This year, there were five, and North Dakota State didn't even play. So you could even uh, say playing in the fall or playing at the D1 level, there's four or five. Where would Ohio State go, right? And, and that's where just Trey Sermon come to Ohio State. This isn't more of like what can it look like, but right, what are all the extenuating s- situations there? Say that Justin Fields doesn't come. You have Ohio State starting the Ryan Day era with a good year with Dwayne Haskins, a Rose Bowl win, uh, and you don't know what's next. You don't know where it's going to fall next. You end up landing Justin Fields, but say they had to go into that season with Chris Chuganov or with um, Gunnar Hoke playing quarterback. It could have been a very different look, and not to say they wouldn't have been a good team because they certainly had the talent everywhere else, but guys that never ended up really playing significant action for Ohio State could have been the the focal point with just one swing of the bat, right? Maybe Jake Fromm throws an an interception in the SEC championship, they don't make it to the national championship, and he doesn't have that on his mantle when it comes to sizing up Justin Fields and Jake Fromm together. When looking at the season this year for Ohio State, I think there are a couple hypotheticals that could really fall into place. And another one brought up um, that we were discussing was, what happens if Ryan Day stuck around in San Francisco, right? If Ohio State beats Clemson in 2016, maybe things you know look a little bit smoother. There's not as much of a panic that has to bring in Day to run the offense, Chip Kelly was out in San Francisco. Things maybe go a little bit different there. Maybe Ryan Day is the offensive coordinator for San Francisco. Um, now, if his end goal was always to be the coach of Ohio State, then maybe he still would have come. But think about the differences that were made uh, with Ryan Day. You had that crazy game against Michigan, the blowout, the really successful offenses um, that have now you know given opportunities to players like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, um, who were very highly talented players, but if you look at Ohio State, the recruiting has never been better than it is right now. So say it even takes Ryan Day another year or another two years. If they don't have that, the two-year build of his recruiting on offense, maybe the team looks even more different. Um, I think there were you know, aspects where in the skill positions for a couple years where Ohio State had good players, right? Good running backs, Elliott, good quarterbacks. Um, but at the tight end and receiver position, not top tier talent. I think Michael Thomas was fantastic, and you know even guys like 
um, Devin Smith and Evan Spencer, who were top you know players, they weren't the same kind of players that Olave and Garrett Wilson are now, the top receivers in the class. Um, and every year it seems like that's the way it is, right? It's the top receivers are coming, a couple of top cornerbacks, one of the top running backs is a pick, and a top quarterback every single year with Ryan Day. I think he is the most important linchpin in thinking about all these different scenarios that way things could go different or ways that could go wrong. I think if Ryan Day is the constant, right, if all the balls are up in the air and you have the Justin Fields constant or you have uh, maybe Nick Bosa comes back for another year, I think what plays the biggest role in the championship picture is Ryan Day. Um, And maybe you could even go, what happens if Urban decided not to leave? What is the flip-flop there? If Urban decides not to leave, then Ryan Day is blocked out. I believe the plan when Day came in was to make him the head coach, but it did seem like Urban left sooner than anybody would anticipate. Maybe he got an offer at a you know SEC program. I know he had calls from SEC programs before, and he decided to stick around. But Urban says, you know what? I'm going to stay for another five years. You can go. What would Ryan Day do? Maybe he'd be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. They hired a new coach last year. Maybe he could be any one of these NFL coaches. And when you look at, you know, would you rather have Ryan Day or Cliff Kingsbury right now? I'd rather have Ryan Day than Cliff Kingsbury. Or even, you know, uh, Brandon Staley or any of these guys that don't have as much uh, head coaching experience now. But they're very similar. I would say Brandon Staley and Ryan Day on an NFL level are pretty similar guys. Now, Staley had the defense last year for the Rams that was unbelievable, top-tier talent. He was able to you know, rally on them and get them to go and now has a great opportunity with the Chargers, but that's a role that Ryan Day could be in. And then you think about the class of coaches coming behind. Who would have been next, right? Say the Ryan Day shoe falls out, okay? Um, and Urban Meyer is the head coach this year and next year or maybe you know, in the, in the previous fall. So say in 2021 was his last season after all the COVID stuff. In 2020, he said, I'm out. 2021, we need a new Ohio State football coach. Out of everybody who got big jobs this year, is there anybody that you're really, really stoked about getting? I, I don't think so. When you look at Sark, is, is that who you, you want? Steve Sarkeesian, that's your big fish? I mean, that's the, the highest paid coach out of the offseason this year. I, I don't think that's an improvement over Ryan Day and maybe the offense at Alabama was potent, but you know the, it, the Ohio State's offense was just as good, if not maybe a little bit below. And, and, and with more experienced receivers, that's probably what you're going to see, and definitely a better offensive line. But Alabama comes in with that built in, so it's not a discredit to Steve Sarkeesian, but did he elevate Alabama the way Ryan Day elevated Ohio State, both in recruiting and offensively? I'm not sure the jump is that big, and if that's your guy... Um, when you look at the kind of next stretch of football, maybe Ryan Day does get the Texas job. Maybe that's who Texas goes after. They trust Urban. They they want to dig around. They want to understand what's going on. And maybe they dig in on Chip on Ryan Day a little bit. Maybe Ryan Day brings Chip Kelly to down to Texas to run the offense. You know, any anything crazy could happen in the uh, in the Big Twelve for sure. And and another kind of idea. When you think about Ryan Day as a centerpiece of what Ohio State is building and what they have built is the staff around him. I mean, I think, you know, you have Larry Johnson coming back, which is very important. That seems to be the number one position group Ohio State year after year can always count on is that defensive line um, with, you know, the stars among other players too, right? Guys like Jalen Holmes who are contributing in the NFL. There's other players um, from that 
Larry Johnson tutelage that are performing at a high level in the NFL. Not only the Bosa's and Chase Young's of the world, but a guy like Draymond Jones, a guy like I mentioned, Jalen Holmes. I mean, they're sprinkled all throughout the NFL right now as a direct impact from Larry Johnson. So if that shoe fell out, maybe you're dealing with a Jim Tom Sula type or something like that. Uh, and Ryan Day takes, I don't think Larry Johnson would go with Ryan Day, but maybe Ryan Day takes Brian Hartline, who has proven he wants to be at Ohio State right now. But, you know, maybe there's a, a, a dollar offer somewhere that got him to go to Texas. And then now Garrett Wilson is a Texas Longhorn and you can go down the list, right? You can chop, chop, chop all the way around and start to see the way these recruiting uh, lines follow, but also the impact the coaches have, right? The the, the poll and kind of the, the, I would say the unveiling of Ryan Day was pretty transparent to recruits and people inside the ropes who were privy to the situation. So that wasn't exactly like a rug pull out, but what if it was ugly? What if it was nasty? You know, what if Ohio State stumbled out of the gates uh, offensively and didn't, you know, in the season when Urban was suspended, what if TCU beats Ohio State on that ESPN Saturday night game? You know, what if they return that kick for the touchdown it doesn't get called back and all of a sudden Ryan Day's not 3-0 and and you don't have the feeling that, okay, when he took over, he was able to come in just like Urban would be able to and run through that team. I think that game and being a national game, it was a game where TCU was still pretty hyped up, um, was a really big moment for Ohio State. And maybe say they lose that game, right? Um, then they lose, you know, they lost to Purdue later that year uh, in a game that wasn't great offensively. You know, maybe the boat swings the other way, right? What if Michigan knew how to play football and at the end of that year, they had some kind of plan for Ohio State, right? Ohio State got throttled by Purdue. And it, it it made that Michigan game a little nervy because Michigan had good tight ends. They run the ball really well. Uh, and Ohio State just came in and ran them out of the gym. It, it was one of the wildest, I would say, experiences I've had, you know, watching Ohio State football was the stress going into that game. When And, and I've been spoiled, right? And, and Michigan has not beat Ohio State much in my lifetime. I totally understand that. But going into that game, we're normally... You know, it's fun, and, and we're making jokes. Like, we're, we're not, you know, I, I, we weren't sweating most of those games. Even when it was number two and three, maybe during the game it was a sweat, but I, I always felt like Ohio State was going to pull it out. That year with Haskins, I wasn't sure because of, you know, no Nick Bosa, because of the way that they struggled against TCU. They ended up coming back and winning, you know, by a sizable margin. But the way they struggled against Purdue... I mean, that was Red Flag City. They were ripe for a bad day. And you know what? Ryan Day stepped up once again and said, uh, you're going to hate me for a long time, uh, fans up north. And that's true. And they just, uh, that was an unbelievable game. Just the, the block punt by Olave and the, you know, Olave scoring the touchdowns as well. It, it just, it, it was such an eye-opening game where you were like, wow. You know, in the last couple of years, you knew Ohio State was awesome, right? When they had Zeke and, um, you know, Zeke, JT Barrett, Joey Bosa, those years, even Braxton Miller, Carlos Hyde, you you were like, wow, these teams are just special teams. And once it rolled past JT Barrett and the domination was the same, um, that's when you're like, oh my God, like, this is different. 
it's different. It's different than in the 80s and 90s when, you know, you had your stalemate couple teams and they'll fade away. And maybe with time and with coaching changes, Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson will cycle out of this top-tier phase. But for now, you know, it, it's domination. And the talent gap is so large between those three teams in college football. But if you look even in the Big Ten, there is such a drop-off from Ohio State to the next team, and then you don't really know who the next team is. Maybe it's Minnesota, maybe it's Penn State, maybe it's Michigan. It, it could be Wisconsin, right? They're always talented. And Paul Chris is a fantastic coach. But as far as talent, just raw talent, there's not a you know, there's not a team that on paper stacks up with Ohio State in the Big Ten. And the same thing with you know Alabama and the SEC, and Georgia's pretty close, but I think Georgia, Alabama's gap to anybody else in college football is as large as anything. So, you know, if you're going to roll tide me, I, I said it. The talent gap from Alabama to the next team is as wide as the gap from, I think, Ohio State and Clemson to the next team. Like, I think it's a similar drop. Um, and Alabama's just that good right now. They're just that good right now. Uh, and if Bryce Young is who he who is supposed to be, you know Nick Saban was saying he almost has a million dollars in NIL endorsements already. If he is who he is made out to be, Alabama is going to be Alabama again, and it's going to be it's rinse and repeat over and over again. And maybe Ohio State sneaks in with one every couple of years or something to that degree, but you can't even say that about Michigan. You can't even say that about Penn State. Because they have to, you you especially Michigan right now, you can't say that. Because they're not going to beat Wisconsin and Ohio State. If they get lucky and beat Ohio State, they're not going to beat a team of equal measure. They just don't match up that way. They they can't hang with Ohio State. What, what would happen if they played Alabama? Seriously. I mean, Ohio State did not have a great showing against Alabama, but I, I it, they showed up. You know, they scored a couple touchdowns. They made a couple stops. Not a lot of stops, but they made a couple stops. In the national championship. And that's where, you know, and I hate to come back to this, but that's where the 12-team playoff throws me off. Because, okay, I know we want those other games, but it's the same end goal. Even if you get Michigan and Minnesota playing in the first round and it's a good game, um, I think that's what you have to root for. You're rooting for the first games to be good, and you can't be rooting for a champion to come out of there. If you have that mindset of, okay, we just want good games here, um, then I think you're going to be happy. If it's the other way where you're you're rooting for a team in the first round to make it all the way, it's 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 just not it's not in the cards for you, and that's the sliding glass door. If they change the playoff, maybe it starts at eight teams, and you know 2015 Ohio State, 2016 Ohio State don't draw Clemson, you know Clemson doesn't get the draw right off the bat, or even last year before, and things could be completely different. So we'll dig into that a little bit next time as well. And I have been working on the top 30 players list that we will uh, soon reveal along with some special guests along the way and hopefully uh, another special guest joining me very soon. Uh, So we'll keep you updated on that. For now, uh, thanks to bet.ag for the support on the pod. And we will see you next week on the Believe in Ohio State Football Podcast. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug but I ended up connecting to the world around me, a world where each sunset was painted, where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. 
The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.